This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you could have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. This podcast is supported by FedEx. FedEx offers fast delivery, more visibility, simple returns, and weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. population on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. With FedEx, you get picture proof of delivery, ensuring you always know where your package is. Returns are simple with packageless and paperless returns. Plus, FedEx Ground is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. So, what are you waiting for? See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively, FedEx. At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than just a car. It's the two-door coupe that was there for your first drive. The hatchback that took you cross-country and back. And the minivan that tackles the weekly carpool. For the cars you couldn't live without, trust Amica Auto Insurance. Amica. Empathy is our best policy. And good evening and thank you for joining us. We are going to begin with breaking news. President Trump is at Walter Reed National Military Medical Center tonight after testing positive for coronavirus overnight. The White House press secretary says the president will be at the hospital for, quote, the next few days out of an abundance of caution where he will continue to work from a special office at the hospital there. And while the White House is not saying Mr. Trump has been hospitalized, it is clear that is exactly what has happened tonight. As we come on the air, the president's doctor has released a statement calling him tired but in good spirits and saying the president is now taking an experimental antibody treatment. The first lady and a top West Wing advisor, Hope Hicks, have also tested positive. And tonight, the White House is frantically trying to reach out to anyone who was in close contact with them recently. Former Vice President Joe Biden, who shared a debate stage with Mr. Trump on Tuesday, says he has tested negative twice and he was back out on the campaign trail today, as you see. Now, after months of downplaying the severity of the crisis, the president is now one of millions worldwide suffering from it. At the same time, he is responsible for leading the nation's response to it. Not since Ronald Reagan has there been as serious a threat to the president's health or the national security. And just a reminder, we're just 32 days left until Election Day. His diagnosis now also presents a serious threat to his own campaign. Well, there's a lot of news breaking right now. Our entire CBS News organization is developing all of the details. I want to begin tonight with CBS's Ben Tracy, who's going to lead off our coverage from the White House. Good evening, Ben. 
Nora, good evening. The White House says there has been no transfer of power to Vice President Mike Pence and that President Trump is still in charge. But White House officials are describing the situation here today as scary and crazy as they try to stop the spread of the virus. The president's trip tonight to Walter Reed Military Medical Center comes after he spent the day isolating on the second floor of the White House with the First Lady, suffering from what aides describe only as mild symptoms of COVID-19. Late today, the president released this video. I want to thank everybody for the tremendous support. I'm going to Walter Reed Hospital. I think I'm doing very well, but we're going to make sure that things work out. The First Lady is doing very well. So uh, thank you very much. I appreciate it. I will never forget. In a statement, White House Press Secretary Kayleigh McEnany says, out of an abundance of caution and at the recommendation of his physician and medical experts, the president will be working from the presidential offices at Walter Reed for the next few days. The White House physician, Dr. Sean Conley, said the president has received an infusion of an experimental therapy called polyclonal antibody under what's known as compassionate use. Dr. Conley says the president is fatigued but in good spirits. Earlier in the day, White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows tried to reassure the public, saying the president was in contact with staff and working. We've uh, talked uh, a number of times this morning. I got the uh, five or six things that he had tasked me to do like I do every single morning. The White House is now in crisis mode. I fully expect uh, that as this virus continues to go on, other people in the White House will certainly uh, 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 have a, a, a positive test result. Vice President Mike Pence tested negative, and sources say he is working from his home at the U.S. Naval Observatory today. His doctor says there is no need for him to quarantine. White House medical staff are trying to find anyone who may have had contact with the president after a whirlwind week of events that took him to five different states in six days for multiple events. Reporters first learned around 8 o'clock Thursday night that one of the president's closest aides, Hope Hicks, had tested positive, something sources say the White House was not planning to make public. Overnight, the president called into Fox, appearing to blame Hicks's infection on members of the military or law enforcement. She's a very warm person. She has a hard time when soldiers and law enforcement come up, comes up to her. You know, she wants to treat them great, not say, stay away, I can't get near you. It's a, it's a very, very tough disease. Knowing Hicks was positive, the president was tested at least twice. Just before 1 a.m. with the lights on in the White House, the president tweeted he too was sick. It's unknown how or when the president was infected, but his exposure could stretch back to at least Saturday's Rose Garden event where he nominated his new Supreme Court justice. Judge Amy Coney Barrett. Along with Hicks, three others at the event, Senators Mike Lee of Utah and Tom Tillis of North Carolina, and the president of Notre Dame, Father John Jenkins, have now tested positive. Amy Coney Barrett, who reportedly already had the virus earlier this year, tested negative today. On Monday, Hicks was a part of a small group that met to prep the president for the debate at the White House. No, no one was wearing masks in the room um, when we were prepping the president during that period of time. Uh, and uh, we were, the group was uh, about five or six people in total. On Tuesday, the president and Hicks traveled to the debate in Ohio. Despite masks being mandatory in the debate hall, most Trump family members took them off, and the president mocked Joe Biden for regularly wearing one. I don't wear masks like him. Every time you see him, he's got a mask. He could be speaking 200 feet away from it. He shows up with the biggest mask I've ever seen. Sources tell CBS News Hicks tested negative Wednesday morning. She was seen later that day boarding Marine One with top White House officials Jared Kushner and Stephen Miller, 
for the 10-minute flight to Joint Base Andrews. Like this file photo shows, they shared very cramped space inside the helicopter. They then boarded Air Force One, all touching the staircase handrail, before traveling to Minnesota for a fundraiser, followed by a rally in Duluth, where the president again minimized the COVID crisis. We're rounding the turn. Sources say Hicks developed symptoms during the trip and tried to separate herself on the flight back to Washington. The White House has not explained why she wasn't immediately tested or if the president was told she was sick. While the White House timeline is murky, Hicks apparently tested positive at some point Thursday. Despite the White House knowing this and even removing several staffers who may have been exposed just before they got on Marine One, the White House deemed it safe for President Trump to fly to his New Jersey golf club, holding a fundraiser with dozens of donors, some of which reportedly said the president seemed hoarse and lethargic. Today, New Jersey's governor said the state is trying to track down and test those who attended. And on Thursday night, the president delivered a recorded speech at the annual Al Smith dinner. And I just want to say that the end of the pandemic is in sight. And that clearly is not true. And Ben joins us now with just 32 days to go before the election. How is the president's health going to change his campaign? Well, his campaign is effectively on hold tonight. All upcoming rallies, all upcoming fundraisers have been postponed or canceled for both the president and all the members of his family. And, Nora, there is one piece of good news. We did just confirm that when the president arrived at Walter Reed Medical Center tonight, he actually did not go to the emergency room. He went right to that presidential suite where he'll be observed, tested, and he can also work. So that's a piece of good news that he didn't need to go to the ER. All right, Ben Tracy, thank you. President Trump is 74 years old. His age and his weight place him at a higher risk for severe COVID illness. The president also takes medication for high cholesterol and another condition known to raise COVID risks. For more now on the president's medical history and how it could impact the severity of his COVID illness, we want to bring in CBS News chief medical correspondent, Dr. John LaPook, who is in New York. Good evening, Dr. LaPook. Let's talk about that. What are these risk factors for the president? What concerns you? Well, we know that age and obesity, he is technically obese by the last measurements we have. Um, those increase the risk of, uh, of mortality and of hospitalization with COVID-19. Now, we know that in the United States, the mortality for people over the age of 65 is 15 percent, 1, 5 percent. Uh, so it's, it's serious. Uh, the odds are statistically that he's going to do well. But there's one thing that's predictable about coronavirus. It's that it's unpredictable. So he's going to be very closely watched. We have very few details about the president's medical history because the White House has just not released that much. But we did get a letter from his doctor today say that he is taking uh, some vitamins, zinc, melatonin. And then he also said he's being treated with an experimental antibody cocktail. Does that concern you at all that they are using an experimental drug on the president? Well, it tells you that they're very, very concerned. It is experimental, and that means we haven't proven that it's safe or effective, but it's something called monoclonal antibodies, which makes scientific sense, okay? Uh, normally, when somebody has an immune response, they have a whole bunch of different antibodies, and it may or may not go directly at the part of the virus that's most important. This is made in the lab. It's a technological tour de force. You make a ton of antibodies directed right at the part in the coronavirus, that, that crown part which allows the virus to attack people. So it makes scientific sense, but you know we don't know enough details to say what was the risk-benefit analysis, what was explained to him. We just simply don't know that. All right, uh, John LaPook, thank you so much. 
Today, Joe Biden went back on the campaign trail today after testing negative today twice. He flew to Michigan, where he again expressed concern for the first family. Biden said this cannot be a partisan moment. It must be an American moment. We have come together as a nation. CBS's Ed O'Keefe is covering the Biden campaign. Joe Biden boarded his campaign plane this afternoon and flew off to Michigan only after two COVID-19 tests came back negative. Good afternoon. Speaking outside a union hall in Grand Rapids, he wore a mask the entire time. Sending my prayers for the health and safety of the First Lady and President, uh, the President of the United States after they tested positive for COVID-19. My wife Jill and I prayed that they'll make a quick and full recovery. This is not a matter of politics. It's a bracing reminder to all of us that we have to take this virus seriously. It's not going away automatically. Biden said the president's illness is a reminder the nation needs to improve access to COVID tests. It's not just the folks in the White House or who travel with me that deserve regular testing. It's folks in the meatpacking and food processing plants, grocery store workers. Every single American deserves safety and peace of mind. But in a sign he's not immediately changing his strategy, Biden also called out Friday's jobs report the final one of the campaign season that reported just 661,000 new jobs and an unemployment rate of 7.9 percent. I'm grateful for all those who were able to get their jobs back to work again, but there's fewer jobs than we had hoped for. Jill Biden, running mate Kamala Harris, and her husband Doug Emhoff also tested negative on Friday and planned to stay on the trail. Biden's team goes to great lengths to protect the 77-year-old candidate. He spent most of the summer addressing supporters virtually from a basement TV studio. But his campaign says he only began taking COVID tests in late August. The limited in-person events he holds include just a handful of COVID-screened staff, reporters, and invited guests. Can I take my mask off? I guess I can. All right. CBS News has learned that Biden and his advisors decided this afternoon to pull down negative advertising about the president, at least for now. Today, Biden's campaign manager also asked staffers not to discuss the president's condition on social media out of respect. Nora. Ed O'Keefe, thank you. Tonight, this is not just a crisis for the White House, but for all of government. And now there are questions about the future of the Supreme Court nomination process. CBS's Nancy Cordes is at the Capitol tonight. Good evening, Nancy. Nora, the president's illness has prompted a wave of worry here on Capitol Hill, and it has led at least 15 lawmakers to get tested themselves, some of them because they flew with the president on Air Force One, others who just had concerns that lax compliance up here could cause the virus to spread. In fact, all week we have spotted senators who were not wearing masks in hearings, in interviews, on the Senate floor, and when dozens of Republicans met one-on-one with Supreme Court nominee Amy Coney Barrett, whose confirmation hearing is slated to take place just 10 days from today. In a letter this afternoon, Democrats said it is premature to commit to that hearing when we don't know the full extent of potential exposure from the president's infection. But Republican leaders say for now they are sticking with the schedule that senators can appear at that hearing remotely if they need to. Republicans still want to try and confirm her before Election Day, Nora. Nancy Cordes on the Hill tonight. Thank you. Joining us now is 60 Minutes correspondent and CBS News senior political analyst John Dickerson. John, it's so good to be able to talk to you because this comes at such a critical time. This illness by the president, really the most serious health crisis since Ronald Reagan was shot in 1981. Put it all in perspective for us. 
Well, it's such a critical time, Nora, because the stakes are so high. We've got 32 days till the election. The president has been encouraging his supporters to believe that the democratic system of elections is rigged. The pandemic continues and there's a Supreme Court nomination. All of those things charge the atmosphere with explosive particles. And there aren't a lot of calming voices around, including adversaries of the United States who are circling around trying to so mischief. One good thing about this has been a reassertion of a bipartisan care for the president. And there's been all that well-wishing that we've been reporting about tonight. But that doesn't mean the election has been repealed, which means when the president returns to the campaign trail, which is expected, when he returns, the pandemic will have been at the center of the conversation. He had spent all of his previous time trying to get the conversation on something else because the public has not felt like he's done a good job on the pandemic. Now it's very likely to be the dominant theme for the next several weeks, if not all the way till Election Day. It's an excellent point. And I know you've written a book about the presidency, a bestseller. Is the White House prepared for this? And also, is the president's health a private matter? Should the White House be giving us more information? The president's health is a private matter, but that privacy screen is small and it gets pushed to the side when the president's private health conflicts with his public duty to keep the country safe. And it's up to the president's staff because presidents sometimes don't want to inform the public. It's up to his staff to keep the national interest in mind. Um, the, there are uh, protocols to handle these kinds of things and to handle the transfer of power if that should happen. But there's a bigger stress test the White House is going through. And that's not just to handle the to-do list, but all the things that will happen while the president is incapacitated, if that becomes the case. There are major developments tonight in the Breonna Taylor case. In an unusual move today, a court in Kentucky released audio recordings from the secret grand jury sessions. Now, that grand jury's decision not to indict the officers for shooting Taylor in her own apartment sparked protests in Louisville and across the country. We get more now from CBS's Adriana Diaz. Keep walking backwards, backwards. The evidence presented about the deadly March 13th raid was released in 14 audio clips. In one, former detective Brett Hankison is heard telling investigators he thought they were being fired upon by an assault rifle. I saw an immediate illumination of fire coming, and what I saw at the time was a figure in a shooting stance, uh, and it looked as if he was holding. He or she was holding an AR-15 or a long gun, a rifle-type gun. But Brianna Taylor's boyfriend, Kenneth Walker, only fired a single shot from a 9mm handgun. The grand jurors listened to a taped interview of Walker, explaining officers indicated they may have raided the wrong house. For the first time, we learned why there was no body camera footage of the raid itself. Detective Anthony James, who was wearing a body camera, explained why. But the recordings don't include jury deliberations or discussions of potential charges. Kevin Glogauer represents an anonymous grand juror who has concerns about the process. Uh, the full truth is not going to be on those recordings, and the attorney general knows that. Lanita Baker represents Breonna Taylor's family. I'm confident that if they had been presented with charges on behalf of Breonna Taylor, that we would have also seen indictments. Adriana Diaz, CBS News, Chicago. Let's go back to the White House now, where the president departed this evening for the hospital, where he will spend the next few days after testing positive for coronavirus. CBS's Ben Tracy joins us. And Ben, what symptoms was the president experiencing? 
Well, Nora, the president's physician says that he has mild symptoms of coronavirus, that he's fatigued but in good spirits. But CBS News has also learned that the president also had a low-grade fever. He is now out, out at Walter Reed Medical Center in Bethesda, Maryland. The White House says that he's actually going to stay there for a couple of days. Now, the White House physician, Dr. Sean Conley, he issued a statement saying the president received an experimental drug treatment made by the biotech company Regeneron. Now, before leaving for Walter Reed, the president did release a video thanking supporters, saying he thinks he's doing well, but he's going out there to make sure that things work out. Now, CBS News has also been told by senior administration officials tonight that there has been no formal transfer of power to Vice President Mike Pence. The White House says President Trump is still in charge. Nora. CBS News will continue to cover any developments on the president's health. Sunday on Face the Nation, Margaret Brennan's guests include House Speaker Nancy Pelosi. And a reminder, if you can't watch the evening news live, don't forget to set your DVR so that you can watch us later. That is tonight's edition of the CBS Evening News. I'm Nora O'Donnell in the nation's capital. The prayers of America, including President Trump's Democratic opponent, Joe Biden, as well as former President Barack Obama, are with the president and this nation tonight. We'll see you back here on Monday, if not before. Good night. Hi, it's Stephen Colbert. And I'm here to tell you about The Late Show Pod Show, which is the podcast of The Late Show with me, Stephen Colbert. And I'm here with my uh, producer of the podcast, Becca. Hi, Becca. Hi, Stephen. And how long have you been the, the producer of this? We've been doing this for two years now. Okay. And and what is it like to attempt to uh, get feedback from me about the podcast? Be honest about how quickly I respond to emails. You actually respond to emails surprisingly fast. Really? I, I think you might be the only person I respond to. <laughs> respond too quickly. Oh, well, that's good. Yeah. I expected I expected you to lay into me. Well, this was over the strike period. Oh, I had time. Yeah. See, that, that, does, that doesn't count. <laughs> sure, I responded to everything because responding to you, putting reruns up on the podcast was like a form of employment. Yeah. And I felt like I had something to get up for every yeah. day. So thank you for that. Listen to The Late Show Pod Show with Stephen Colbert wherever you get your podcasts. If you enjoy tuning in to the CBS Evening News, there are official T-shirts, hats, mugs, and more available for purchase at ParamountShop.com. These products are perfect for any fan of Evening News, and you can take 20% off with code EVENING20. That's 20% off all CBS Evening News products with code EVENING20 at ParamountShop.com.